It's so important to really understand what are the needs of the communities that you're trying to serve and having those people at the table to tell you. Welcome to the Responsibly Different Podcast, sharing stories and insights from people harnessing purchasing power to improve the world. On the show today, Michelle Waring is the steward for sustainability and everyday good at Tom's of Maine. Her work includes the stewardship model, ingredient sourcing and transparency, sustainability efforts, and the Giving for Goodness program, where 10% of profits are given to nonprofit organizations at Tom's of Maine. Prior to joining Tom's of Maine, Michelle has an extensive history of working with nonprofits, including the Natural Resources Defense Council and UNICEF. Michelle shares with us how important being authentic with your impact work truly is. I'm curious, what got you into into sustainability? I mean, I have always been like, I, I feel like my mom jokes that like I was the one who like got them to recycle, you know, like I was always like from a little kid, always really always cared about the environment and like thought about those choices in my own personal life. When I sort of was, I was in a sort of like more for-profit career before I was in nonprofit. And I just didn't really have a lot of, I, I was a talent manager, which is kind of random. I represented actors and I, I loved my job because it was fun and, you know, stressful at times, but I didn't really have any purpose to it and like anything I was doing just like it didn't it didn't really like feel like I was changing anything in the world and so that's what really pushed me to go into nonprofit work is that I just felt like there was a higher purpose that I could be helping to support and then you know I worked at even working at UNICEF USA like I was always really thinking about like you know the climate crisis and you know we were seeing like you know, this was years ago at like the very start of the Syrian conflict. And, you know, that started because of a drought, you know, and, and people had to migrate to a space and it caused conflict. And I think I just always understood environment, the environment through line into like all of the problems of the world or the things that like, that I cared about. And so it's just always been like a, a undercurrent. And then thinking about coming into this role, it just felt like, you know, all of that was really stitched into the fabric of Tom's. How could I help elevate it and even make it more pointedly to address like climate justice and, you know, sustainability is, is all tied up into like how we're taking action on climate. So I don't, there's no like thing that brought me here. But I think like, I've just always had this like passion for, you know, making right environmental choices for my, my, myself, but also thinking that like, it is sort of, you know, climate change is that issue that is just threaded across, you know, social justice, racial justice, you know, the sort of root of a lot of the progressive issues that like I care about. I know you have a lot of experience in the nonprofit space working for the Natural Resource 
natural resources defense. It's a tongue counsel. twister. It's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> no one can ever get it right. It's so funny because when I used to work there, like it was always in the like in media and stuff. It would always say national recreation uh, resources. It was always something wrong. But yes, Natural Resources Defense Council, NRDC. And then yes, I was at, at UNICEF USA before that. It's a very unique sort of way to get into being at a for-profit working in sustainability and social impact. I'm curious, what drew you from the nonprofit world to Toms of Maine? I, I have always been a believer that uh, it takes all, it takes, we have, to, we, we all need to jump in when it comes to the problems that we need to solve. So working at UNICEF USA, I, I worked in corporate partnerships. So I worked with brands that wanted to address international development issues. And when I was at NRDC, it wasn't, you know, brands weren't the, the big, you know, at NRDC, we really didn't work in corporate partnerships like traditional nonprofits did. But we, you know, really understood that we needed to bring everybody along. And particularly when it comes to climate. And, you know, I happened to work at NRDC during a very challenging time in the environmental movement. We had um, four years of basic, you know, inactivity happening in the federal government. And so we recognized that, like, you know, even though corporations have a, a, a role to play in the problems, they have a role to play in the solutions. And so it was really, you know, the, the idea that like partnership really helps to move issues and that companies can be a real advocate. And I think the, the other part of it is companies just have access to people in ways that nonprofits like, you know, we can preach till we're blue in the face about the things that need to happen and brands have different relationships with people and have an opportunity to like move the needle in that sense. And, you know, you see, you know, some of the other B Corps that, you know, are doing this so well, like Patagonia and Ben and Jerry's, you know, I think that it, it, it made me really inspired to work on this side of the aisle, if you will. <laughs> and I had coincidentally moved to Maine during the pandemic. And when I saw this and have always, I mean, I've just always been obsessed with Tom's of Maine and, and I've always been using the product. So when I saw this position open, I'm like, this is just a, a, a no brainer that like I could work at a brand that is truly purpose driven and really, you know, start to, um, to, to speak to new audiences about the issues that, that Tom cares about, you know, namely, and, and what I sort of have a background in, which is the environment climate. So, so yeah, I was, I'm, I'm super excited. I've, I've only been at Tom since August, which I keep telling everyone I'm, I'm still new, but I guess it's almost been eight months. So I can't say that anymore. That's awesome. Um, I'm curious, what is a typical day like for you at Tom's of Maine? Gee, um, I don't have a typical day. I mean, it's really, it's what I love about this position because I manage so many elements of our social good. You know, I manage our giving for goodness campaign where we're giving uh, 10% of our profits to nonprofit organizations. So I'm constantly sort of speaking to nonprofits, trying to identify ones that really connect to our uh, mission and values. And then I'm, you know, talking to like colleagues in, in global packaging and 
um, you know, our, our parent company, you know, our, our CSR team and our sustainability team at Colgate Palmolive, I'm, I'm talking to them all the time, talking to our plant in Sanford, Maine, um, about sustainability initiatives and things that we can improve on and working with our, you know, marketing team on, uh, new product launches and, you know, sort of ideating on opportunities for innovation. So, I mean, what I love about my job is like, I, I really have to touch all areas of the business. Um, and so my, my typical day is being on meetings (laughs) with lots of people. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I'm curious, you know, in that role, what advice would you give to other folks that are interested in a sustainability role in their company or maybe are new to a sustainability role? I think you know, I'm an, un, an untraditional sustainability person because for me, what makes my role particularly unique is the confluence of sustainability, but social impact and DE&I and sort of like how all of those things come together to create a purpose for our brand. So I, you know, I, I think the unique part is I came from the nonprofit space. So I really understand what's happening in the environmental movement, what the like front lines are talking about and really trying to help us center our work in that. And I think that is critically important. Um, particularly if you're, you know, an organization that, that wants to address climate change. I don't think it's traditional like it used to be, right? Like it used to be you were a company and you cared about the environment. So you're talking about polar bears and you're talking about protecting waterways. Very important things. But I think centering that work on equity and justice and people is sort of a, a new way of thinking about it that that the movement has really pushed pushed us to do. So I think like having having people either internally or sort of partners who are truly addressing and and um, working in the issues that you care about, like making sure that that those lines of connection are, are really there is really important. So I guess, you know, people who want to get into the sustainability space, I think it's really important to think about what are the companies that you respect that are truly committed to doing the right thing? Because I think that was like my number one thing is like, I did not want to be at a brand, you know, that wasn't authentically committed to social impact and sustainability and purpose. And for me, like in my search, like that was the number one thing is if I was going to go work at a company, that's what I wanted it to, to be. That makes sense. I'm I'm curious for for folks that, you know, you're coming from this experience in the nonprofit land, you know, kind of knowing the landscape for folks that maybe this is really important to me. I totally believe in it, but they're super new to the landscape. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on where folks should start or are there nonprofits or or like websites or resources where where people should kind of start exploring or Yeah, I I started, you know, I think because even going into NRDC, like it wasn't like I was an expert in environmental advocacy by any means. I think it was just keeping a finger on the pulse of like what is happening, paying attention to the news and like trusted outlets and just like seeing who are the people that were being quoted 
who are the people that were like, you know, seen as the thought leaders and then following them and making sure that I was um, always updating myself on, on the people who are sort of movers and shakers in, in the space. I mean, I think it's like, it's an education. You have to really make an effort to educate yourself on these issues. I think the, what we learned from sort of the social justice sort of uprising after the death of George Floyd is that like everybody wanted to jump into racial justice as like an issue, right? And I think what a lot of, you know, people realize is like when you do that, <laughs> you have to really authentically understand like what your role is in that space and to really take a like internal audit of like <laughs> are we being true to to the values that we're also espousing externally? And, and I just think like for most brands, like that was a moment where people really had that reckoning, reckoning. And I think you have to take that, like, look at the landscape. Who are the people who are the experts? What are they saying? And like lean into those people as people who could potentially bring you along on the journey. I think that's awesome advice. Circling back to Toms of Maine and you being a consumer of theirs and, and a fan, can you share this a little bit about the Toms of Maine backstory and kind of how the brand came to be what we all know it is today? Yeah, it's a really cool one. I mean, Tom and Kate Chapel, a young couple 50 years ago, over 50 years ago at this point, wanted to provide their family with products that were natural and good for them and good for the planet. And they just weren't seeing it in the marketplace. And so they decided to start their own and they started with um, with laundry soap and then just sort of like evolved into, you know, uh, personal care items. I think it's sort of how a lot of people come to the brand. I mean, I was using Tom's before I was a parent, but I feel like we hear that a lot, like young parents who like are realizing like the stuff that they want to provide their children, they, the things that they don't want around their children. And it's a it's a great story of like just recognizing that the 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 industry wasn't wasn't creating the things that they felt safe giving their kids and so they wanted to to make sure that they were doing it. Yeah, so it's like and 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 you know, starting the the business with the idea of being purpose driven. You know, that it wasn't just like this this is what they were doing as like a gimmick. It was like this is the true identity of that of why they started the brand. And I know Toms of Maine actually became a certified B Corp back in twenty nineteen with a score of ninety three point six. I'm curious what prompted the company to pursue certification? They've got this long history of kind of doing the right thing. What how did uh B Corp certification come into the mix? Yeah, it's a it, it's a really fun, that's another cool story. Um, obviously it was before my time, but you know, one of the great things about Tons of Maine is that, you know, we're, we're a small but mighty team and everybody is a contributor and is very much empowered to like bring forth ideas. And I, from what I remember of the story is that, you know, there was sort of like a, a contest, like, okay, like, we're going to hear ideas from everyone. Like, what do you guys think we should be doing? You know, what kinds of things should we be like innovating around? And an employee, I mean, I think it was someone from the green team. It's like a group of um, employees that kind of get together and like, sort of think about sustainability stuff that said that we, we really, we should like get an outside, you know, third party validator like B-Lab to certify us um, and become a B Corp. 
so it was from that idea that we really jumped in and did it. And, um, you know, the, it was a great process because I think one of the other things is that Tom's, you know, we have our stewardship model where we're really evaluating all of our ingredients. We have this, you know, we all do all of these things in like such a rigorous way, but we don't always tell people <laughs> about it. And we don't really show people that those are the things we're doing. And so getting, you know, being certified, being a certified B Corp is really like, yeah, not only are we doing it, like we are sort of holding ourselves accountable to, to these standards, but we have an outside, you know, validator that's basically saying that, um, that we are doing that. So it, it was a really smart move to do. And, and I actually, when I came on, did, you know, we're in the process of our recertification. So I, I was able to see the whole process and sort of like, you know, the hundred page questionnaire and like, I mean, it was very intense and it looks at every corner of the business. So it, it's, it's a nice feeling to kind of get through that and to be sort of validated that like, great, like all this hard work, we, we torture ourselves around, you know, making these decisions, like there is a value to it. That's awesome. I was actually going to ask about that because I was like, wait a minute, if they certify in 2019, I was thinking research must be coming up. Mm -hmm. I'm so curious, what was that process like for you? Like what was, what was most challenging and most rewarding from it? Um, you know, I think like what's hot, I, I think what's most challenging is that it is a very labor intensive process. And, you know, everybody has their sort of like day to day job, and they're kind of doing their thing. And like, I have to kind of like, grab our procurement people and grab our plant people and grab, you know, our HR team, you know, so it's like, I had to sort of take time away from everybody's day to day work to like, sort of inundate them with a million questions so that it, it's hard because I think like and I can imagine at even smaller companies like it probably is very very labor intensive but it also is this great opportunity to like be proud of the things that we're doing really well and to like identify places where like oh hey like we do all these things but we don't have the like policy written out let's write that policy you know like let's let's put that out there so it's it. it I think it's like a great um, resource for us too to just think about like how can we do better? Like what are the what are the what are the new challenges? Because I think that's the other thing is that we recognize is that the the assessment changes, you know, over the years. So the one that we did three years ago is not the one that we did again, and the cha- the questions are different and the answers are different. So like it's it's um it's it's a nice living sort of way to be accountable to things that like we might not even be thinking are challenges that we have or um, tension. So, you know, I think the process is great and I'm glad that we sort of, you know, do it every few years because I do think you want to like constantly be like updating, not moving the, 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 uh, the end goal, but like, you know, just like, Things should always evolve and we should always be trying to be better. Yeah, I think it's it's been nice to, it was nice to get through it. We're still in it because there's a backlog, but <laughs> but once it's done, um, it will feel really good to kind of see that the hard work is is just helping to continue to validate us. I'm, I'm curious, do you ever hear from customers about your B Corp certification, like are people ever like, oh my gosh, that's so cool, or or does it not, or does it not really come up that often? It's a good question. I I don't know the last time that we've really asked 
consumers about it. I think that the understanding is like people still aren't a hundred percent aware. Like there's not a wide acceptance of like understanding what the certification is. And I think particularly in the natural space, there is an inundation of badges and certifications. Mm. And you look at, you know, things and you don't even a hundred percent know what it means. But, you know, it, it surprises me sometimes because I was, um, I was helping a, a project at a, a college, a professor that we're friendly with asked us to sort of provide a project for, for some, for some college kids. And, and one of them was like, I mean, I just love it because it's a B Corp. And I'm like, okay, like this 19 year old knows what it is. Like that's, that's something. So, and I think, I think B Lab is, is getting a lot better about like building up the brand and getting people to like really associate with it. So I feel good that like, there's an awareness. I think within our like target audience of people who are buying naturals, there's probably a more heightened awareness of what B Corp is. But I think, you know, I think all the brands are doing a great job by like elevating it, you know, and, and, and trying to make sure that people understand what it is. Speaking of, you all do some really exciting things. You touched on a couple at the top there, uh, the 10% of profits being donated. I'm curious in regards to getting creative with some of the more sustainability and packaging options for your products, can you speak to what some of those are and how that kind of transition is going? Like I'm thinking about, you know, recyclable toothpaste tubes, which is super cool. Yeah, that one is a, is a great one. And, and, you know, I think we are really, it's one of those things that was just like a low hanging fruit. Like it's just silly that they were not recyclable. Most, you know, toothpaste tubes were not. This innovation is something that was developed through Colgate Palmolive and launched through the Tom's Main brand, but is basically across Colgate. All tubes will be recyclable at some point soon. And it was a technology that we open sourced. So our competitors also had access to that technology. And so now all of the big brands are going to make their toothpaste tubes recyclable. And that's huge. I mean, I think that that's the opportunity to like really transition. You know, we have to, every municipality is different. And so like the acceptability rate is something we want to address and figure out how we can do more to get toothpaste tubes like more easily recycled. And so like, that's one of the things that we, we are, you know, really thinking about is like, now that we have recyclability, how do we get that stuff recycled at a higher rate? And, you know, it just feels like that's addressing the real problems that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I think that's what's so exciting too, is that, that ripple effect that it's, that you can be that spark that yeah starts that widespread I think Colgate won like an award with at it was like a it was one of the time like innovations of the year um, when that came out. That's so cool. And what about plastic free deodorant? I I love that. I'm and I will admit I'm a huge Tom's of Maine deodorant user. So uh, super excited to see that coming out. Is that are those is that on the shelves now? Like is or or it's I think it is a I think it's on some shelves and I think it's on our um, our website so you can purchase it on our website. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, more broadly, we are really trying to think about 
sustainability is also, you know, it's not just about a removing one material. It's about how do we change the way we use things? Um, and so I think we will always be thinking about like, you know, how to improve the sustainability of all of our, of all of our products. And, and, and speaking of, you have a commitment to donate the 10%, which, which I just, you know, kind of touched on again. Uh, you have a commitment to donate 10% of your profits to charitable organizations each year. I'm curious, how do you select those organizations or what does that look like? Yeah, it's, it's an exciting part of my job because I get to work with the people who are doing the work and it, that, that really gives me, it feels like that like direct, like I'm actually like helping to move the needle on something and we as a brand are. So, um, our process is sort of evolving and it's one of the things that I sort of coming into the brand recognize that, you know, for 50 years, we've always been about just Tom doing good and doing good for real. And I think the question beckons like, well, for what? Like, what are the things that you guys care about? And like, what are the issues that you're really trying to tackle? And so we're really starting to like hone in on being a little bit more focused on the things that we want to do. And like, so historically, our 10% give back has been like, you know, supporting kids and education and supporting the community and like doing sort of all of these things. And what, what we're starting to sort of funnel down is this idea of, we're calling it like, I don't know if, if this is what will, it will end up being. This is like breaking news, but um, you know, the, the idea of like people, planet health. And like, if those are the things that, you know, our mission is to create a healthy future for all people like, how do we do that, you know, for you know, people? It's like, how are we supporting, like, the communities that are impacted by climate change and environmental issues um, in planet? It's like, how are we addressing, like, accelerating action on climate change? Um, and when we think about health, it's like, you know, as a natural company, like, we want to create healthy products that are good for people. And so if we think of those and, you know, I think who knows what we're like going to revamp our website to like sort of reflect these values and who knows if it will be these like exact pillars, but um, it's this idea of like, how are we using our 10% to like accelerate that mission? And so, you know, we want to, we definitely want to continue to be a national brand but we are in Maine. So like, how are we doing that both nationally and locally? The other cool thing about our 10% is that our employees can also request funding for organizations that they care about. So sometimes we'll give to organizations that like are totally outside of our mission, but because it was an employee request, we're going to fulfill that, right? Like we want to make sure employees feel supported on whatever they care about. So it's an interesting balance of how are we sort of supporting organizations that make sense to our mission? And then how are we also like helping to really have an impact on the community? So, you know, some of our partners, like, you know, we have a a line of toothpaste that, that supports the World Wildlife Fund and it's called Save the Animals. And it's like a children's toothpaste line we have a line that is a partnership with the um, National Parks Foundation. Oh, cool. Which is really cool. It's uh, 
it's it's just one of our toothpaste that like it is a 25% of the sale of that toothpaste goes to the National Parks Foundation. And then we have our big partnership with the National Recreation Foundation called Get Into Nature, which is, you know, I'm really excited about it, even though I didn't come up with it. <laughs> I came in and it has already been going. But it, it just like all of the things I was thinking about for the brand, like coming in, like this is where I feel like we should be, is what this campaign is. So basically it's a three-year commitment with the National Recreation Foundation to remove the barriers of access or address the barriers of access to nature for communities who are underrepresented. So National Recreation Foundation micro-grants to organizations across the country that are getting young people into nature who don't traditionally have access to nature. So it it really hits on like all of the things that, you know, in the, those pillars that we care about. It's, you know, health because it's like getting young kids out into nature, which is like good for them, not only physically, but like mentally. I feel like that was one of the things that we learned out of the pandemic that like we all need to get out into nature more. It's it's a justice and an equity issue, you know, making sure that there's equitable access. And, you know, it's a it's a planet issue because we need to make sure that like we're enjoying nature so that we then protect it. So I'm so proud of that that campaign. It launched last year. Um, we did like a big, you know, sort of media day with Rosario Dawson, and um, we're in the second year now. We just saw the we just announced the the latest crop of grantees, and um, I think the stat is that eighty over eight, around eighty percent of our grantees are from organizations that are BIPOC led which I also think is just like an incredible element to this campaign, really supporting organizations who are, you know, in communities and are reflective of the communities. So, I, I mean, I just love this campaign and, and I'm really excited to see, you know, what we do in the next coming years. I'm curious, what advice do you have for folks looking to use business as a force for good? I guess one of the number one things, which I kind of alluded to earlier, is partnership. I mean, I just think that like, it's so important to really understand like what are the con- what are the needs of the communities that you're trying to serve and having those people at the table to tell you <laughs> coming from both being on the nonprofit side and sort of sitting in the seat that I'm in I think that like no brand is going to like authentic like a brand's job is to like sell the goods that they have right like the, the organizations who are actually doing the work are the ones that are going to tell you like what the needs are. And I just think like deep partnership is super important. And just to make sure that you're talking about the issue the right way and that you're representing the issue in the right way and you're representing the communities that you're um, helping in the right way. Like all of, all of that is authenticity and that only comes from like really deep partnership. And then I guess the other thing is like have someone who's committed to looking at it. Like I think what's nice about my role is that like that's my job. Like I think about purpose every day and and everybody at Tom's does, but they have other things that are sort of on their plate. And so having someone who's really dedicated to like mission and, and, you know, like has the brain space and the time to really dedicate to it 
I think is just something that like, if you're going to be really serious about being a mission driven person, it can't be somebody's like, maybe sometime job. It has to be somebody's full time job. Any final thoughts or parting advice for folks? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, the other thing is support the brands that are doing the good work. I mean, I think that that's what's really important. It's very hard for a brand to do good if like no one's supporting them. <laughs> so I, you know, I think that like when you have a, a choice at the aisle, like make sure that you're choosing, you know, brands that are B Corps or that are committed to the issues that you care about, because that really does go a long way to validate like that business decision to like prioritize an issue or purpose or whatever. So vote with your dollars, as they say. Thanks so much for tuning in. To learn more, visit the full show notes link right in your podcast player to see links to the organizations that Michelle mentioned in this episode. Some news in our B Corp journey. We are officially in verification. We had our first call with a B Corp analyst last week and are working on gathering all the documentation that they requested. So we're making progress, which feels really good. Uh, If you haven't yet, be sure to register for the New England Build or BLD. It will be a full day on June 15th of connecting with your fellow B Corps and change makers with some amazing workshops. And to cap the day off is the State of the B with B Labs CEO Jorge Fontanez in person. You won't want to miss this. A link to register is right in the show notes. Till next time. Be responsibly different. This episode was produced by yours truly, Ben Marine, and the music was written and performed by our very own Kevin Oates. To learn more about Responsibly Different and access the other resources we have available to you, visit responsiblydifferent.com. To learn more about our parent company, Dirigo Collective, and Responsibly Different Ventures, visit dirigocollective.com. Dot com. That's D-I-R-I-G-O collective dot com.